Hey guys, welcome to the Appreciating Your Power podcast. Today my guest is Sunny Mahal. This guy is, you know what he is? I've come across this guy, but I've never seen someone so positive, full of energy, always willing to give back. If you want to know about his background, he's a property developer, has been building business for years. This guy, this, I don't know what, what he hasn't done yet. I'm probably going to ask him that at some point, but I don't know what he hasn't done, but he's done a lot. And, and again, there's so much value that I think everyone's going to take from this podcast. And everyone in the property community knows who this guy is and keeps on top of his, of his projects. Um, thank you for coming on board, Sonny. Thank you for having me, brother. I'm, I'm honoured and privileged and excited to be here. Appreciate it, appreciate it. So let's start this the whole thing off. Like, let's go back to Sonny when he was like 13, 14. What was going through your mind at that point in time? I just wanted to eat. I was a fat kid, man. <laughs> I just loved to eat. Uh, back then, yeah, to be fair, it was just same old, really. You know, just hanging around the same kind of people. Again, you don't really know much at that age. But I think for me, it all started like tweaking, like going to college, university and stuff, and then getting a job. And it was just seeing like how much of a different lifestyle is available to every human being. But ultimately, we're all in charge of taking the action steps and making our destiny ourselves. And it was just a big learning curve throughout whole of life. You know, At that age, you think you've got it all planned out. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that in life. But nah. So how did you like? How did the the idea of making money or business? Because it doesn't come natural to anyone. And people, after, like you speak to all our friends when you know the, where I grew up, I spoke to my friends, and they don't really they're not really interested in making money or business. They kind of just want to live their lives. What was that thing for you that got you interested in business or in property? For me, it was um, so basically when I was at Heathrow Airport. So it was about 2005, 2006, and that's when I had my first uh, job. And basically, I was a security guard at Heathrow Airport, so the same old rubbish. Um, and it was just working hand to mouth, getting paid on Friday, being broke by Monday. And it was all right until, like, because I was around a certain set of friends, it was just like everybody was doing it. So it was like, cool, this is normal. You know, you become a, <coughs> a product of your environment. And then off the back of that, then I met my girlfriend and then now wife. And <coughs> it was about getting married, saying, okay, cool, we're going to get married in a year's time. And you know yourself, man, Asian weddings cost 40 grand plus, right? <laughs> how am I meant to pay for this how am I meant to do anything buy a house go on holiday honeymoon all that kind of stuff and I was like you can't really do this by working for somebody else so I started researching the greats and the most successful people out there um, and then I thought right these superstars on TV and social media they're really far away like, how, I can't get help from these guys mm. uh, and then I around and I noticed obviously I remember my dad he's always bought and sold businesses from me growing up so I just got some advice from him, um, and then I said, right, I'm going to set up my own business. And then me and my wife, we bought our first business in 2007. Yeah, and that, that, that was a shift there. I was saying, okay, cool, if you want the lifestyle that you dream of and that you visualize, mm -hmm. you have to walk backwards and say, okay, me working for somebody else is not going to get me that lifestyle. I can either still stay here and just have those dreams but never turn them into reality, or I can do something right now and take some action and actually mm -hmm. start the process. It's not going to happen overnight. Nothing does, you know? You don't put weight on overnight. You don't lose mm. it. You don't make money overnight, unless you win the lottery, obviously. Um, so it's a case of saying, right, let's take these steps bit by bit to start having our dreams turn into reality. So, what did you learn from your dad? What were some of the principles or some of the things? Because he must be some, you know, he must be an inspiration to you. So, what was the thing? What was the advice that he gave to you at that age? But also, what are some of the principles that you learned from him? So, for him, he sort of like said one sentence, which I sort of thought was not valid. But then now I know it was. Uh, he said, look, uh, to be fair, him and my uncle both said this. Well, my dad said one thing. He said, 
work hard for 10 years <clears throat> and then enjoy the rest of your life, right? Like work hard, make that money, don't spend it, keep it and do X, Y, and Z and just like keep investing it, right? Um, but his, his, his ethic was work hard. And the reason I believed him is because I saw him do that. He came to this country with like 10 pound in his pocket and he ended up being a success. So I was like, cool, if it's worked for him, it's gonna work for me. But off the back of that, doing that for 10 years, which we did, we bought our business in 2007, we sold everything in 2017. I did that, I worked hard in between, but I had no life, I had no balance. And like most like Asian, like people like mine at your age, our parents were all about hustle, all about work, mm. save money, they were sending money back home or they were building a house here and stuff, you know? So it was all, the, the right work ethic was there and he gave me that good advice. But I think the advice on top that I would add is saying, okay, make money, but don't obsess over it and actually have a life in between as well. Um, and then one of my other uncles, he said, because <laughs> back then it was what? I think I was like, what, 18, 19 when I started speaking to him about certain things. And he said to me, I said, I really want the M3. So it was a, I can't remember if it was an E36 or whatever it was. It was an L-Reg M3 Madeira Violet two door with cream leather. And back then I was like, yeah, I want that car. I want that car. And I'd obsess over it. And he said, Sonny, he goes, you know what? He goes, when you've not got money, you're going to want everything. But when you've got money, you're not going to want for anything because you'll actually appreciate the finer things in life. And I thought he was chatting it. I was just like, nah, come on, uncle, leave it alone. M3 is M3, you know? Um, but yeah, those are the tips of like work hard, save your money and invest, but also don't obsess over money because it's not everything. You talk about having a life. How do you how do you maintain that balance or a lifestyle? Like, because in business it's hard, isn't it? Like, all we hear is hustle. All we hear is like people going from you know waking up at you know five o'clock in the morning, working till midnight. Like that's the lifestyle that's been sold to us in this idea of entrepreneurship or business or property, right? How do you maintain a balance? You know, a family life. You know, friends. How do you maintain all of that? What's your sort of any tips or advice you'd give on that? For me, I'd say scheduling and time blocking. Like I always say that to people, people say, how do you manage your time? Time blocking. Now, for instance, like in a day, like if we were to jump up and say, right, I need to do this today. And you got a list of 15 things, right? In your head, you think, yeah, I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah, I'm a go-getter. Yeah, I'm going to be a millionaire, billionaire, whatever. And I just need to get through these things. But if you look on average, each task activity normally takes between half an hour to an hour to actually either complete or get into the snowball effect of doing. Now, if we're trying to do 15 things, which is like 15 hours in an eight hour day, how the hell do you expect to get that done, right? So for me, it's about planning everything out in my week or as far as I can go um, to then start time blocking things each day. And that'll be on my mm -hmm. Google Calendar, I keep it plain and simple. First and foremost, in my diary, I'll have my waking up in the morning, my routine, meditation, praying and stuff like that. Then I'll have my gym, so then I go hit the gym. Then I'll come back, shower and food. So that's literally time block from about five, six o'clock to about nine, nine thirty. That's my time to do me. Then mm -hmm. after that, that I do if say for instance if I'm going to call agents or speak to investors I'll say normally it takes me about an hour hour and a half so I'm going to time block that out so then I know that's done right but then when I come to the end of that then I'll stop that activity review what I did what went good what went bad what I learned normally takes about five minutes and then straight on to the next one or obviously if there's lunch or break in between mm -hmm. and I sort of have that going through till about six or seven then I'll say okay cool from then I switch off so I basically I, I review my whole day of what I got done, because we I know we say we're going to get X, Y, and Z done, but you don't always get things done that you need to, because life is life and things get in the way, right? Mm -hmm. And so I review everything that I did. If I didn't get a certain task done, then I'll put that to the top of my to-do list the next day. I want to leave it out or just put it in there, leave it off, I'll do it later. Uh, and then I'll just switch off and just chill. And even for me, my chill time is spending time with my wife, um, meeting my friends, 
um, Netflix and chill, you know, just not, not too much. I don't watch TV too much and just reading as well, you know, learning something new. So that's, that's how I sort of have that balance. But obviously with now, like everybody's on lockdown, I've literally spent the last three weeks just working my ass off just so I don't get bored and just so the whole rubbish that's going on in the world doesn't really affect me because I know the person that I am right now is detrimental to the who the person I want to become afterwards as well. So I'm just making sure I'm busy, not busy being busy, but busy being productive to just do even one or two things a day just to make sure I'm elevating myself every day. You, you talk about reflecting, right? And you do this after every task, you do something in a day. Why is it so important to reflect and how do you reflect? Sorry? Why, why is it so important to reflect and how do you reflect at the end of the day or the, uh, at the end of each task? It's super important to reflect because we can start off with the right intention, but we're human beings. We're going to make mistakes. Something we do is going to be new. Something we do is going to be alien to us. So rather than just hitting it and then just thinking in your head, okay, I did that, right, onto the next one, onto the next one. It's a case of actually reviewing what you did because we're, we're going to make mistakes. So it's about saying, okay, what did I do good? What did I do bad? Or what went good and what went bad? And how can I better myself? So in like, like, you know, I coach people on mindset and business and stuff. But when you're doing that, you're coaching yourself as well, you know? You're just saying, okay, mm -hmm. well, what, what didn't I do? Well, rather than just thinking, I've done it, onto the next one. I've done it, onto the next one. And all these little tweaks that we've made that we could have made are going to be a massive problem in the future. So about keeping on top of things bit by bit allows you to become a better and stronger business person and family man as well. Okay, I can I can definitely see the value in that. When it comes to when it comes to because you again, like I said, you manage you do a lot for many different businesses at the same time. How do you prioritize those tasks for yourself? Because you know, if you're running three or four different companies, and this might be a, a good one for the listeners and the audience, because you know they might have property as one of their businesses, they might have a main business, they might have a side hustle that they might have, and on top of that, how do how how do you stay productive and make sure that your work and what you're doing is impactful? For me, I, I would recommend to other people what works for me as well. It's about having, again at the start of the week like for me i do mine on either a friday night if i'm not working on the weekend or a sunday um mm -hmm. so i'll plan out everything that say for instance like every business like fashion e-commerce coaching property retail whatever needs to be done in that week ahead i'll put everything out then i'll say mm -hmm. okay what is it like that i have to do myself that nobody else can do that i have to do so i'll say okay those are my key um key priorities for me to deliver then all the other aspects of each business, it can be from HR, it can be from social media, content creation, it can be from video editing, it can be to the site management, it can be to planning, build teams, you know, like so many different things that are going on. Before I take on any business, I'll have a list of all those things that need to be done and who are the team key members that I need on board to help me get that done because I can't start something and do everything myself. I did that for 10 years mm -hmm. trying to do everything myself and I hated it, right? So it's about running a business back then. Yes, we were productive. Yes, we made money, but we weren't efficient. So now it's about, again, because I didn't review what wasn't working back then, I just kept going for 10 years. And then mm. we tweaked and then I was like, cool, now this is amazing. Now we know how to plug and play this into any business. And then, so going back to that saying, okay, throughout the week, what do I need to do? I focus on me. And then what does the rest of the team need to do? Then everybody's delegated saying, okay, this is your task. This is your task. This is your activity. You need to get this done and then we need to get feedback at the end of each day just to make sure it's working well and we're still pushing forward and it's not going to be perfect as well there's going to be mistakes made but it's about 
like I said, then reviewing each day, so okay, what mistake did we make here? Right, we can better this moving forward. And also having having team members that not just working for you, working with you as well. And I found that very productive because I don't take somebody on and just saying, okay, cool, this is how much I'm gonna pay, this is what you need to do, but that's it, right? You know, like that's it, like end off. For me, it's like okay, finding out what is my person that's working with me, what is their goal? What is their vision going forward? Like nobody wants to work for somebody for the rest of their life, right? They start getting when you work with us or you work for us, whether you're an employee or whether you're a business partner, whatever it is, what do you want to get out of this? Not money, because everybody thinks, yeah, I need to make money. No, money's byproduct is going to allow you to do something that you're actually happy and passionate about. So I find that mm. out and then I make that my goal and my mission to make sure they make that a reality. So then everybody's mm. always motivated to actually keep pushing through to say okay cool it's not just about the money it's about sunny cares about us and cares about our well-being and our mindset and our personal development and our end goal and for me it's very important on that side to have people on board so then i can't do everything myself but then i delegate the right things to the right people to actually make sure it's done and i also focus on recommend everybody stick to your strengths like I'm rubbish at DIY, yet we build houses, right? I, I, I'm not going to pick up a brick and do anything. I can't do plastering. I can't put a frame on the wall. But I can if I get bullied into it by my wife. But at the end of the day, it's like I'd rather have project managers and builders, electricians, plumbers, the right people that can do stuff to say, go do your thing. I'm rubbish at it, but I know how to run this business, so don't take the mick as well, right? So it's like having the right kind of players on board that everybody's getting the things done that they're good at, and then we stick to what we're good at as well. It seems like you're passionate, you're, you're quite an empathetic individual and you're quite passionate about creating a culture in the business. Where did that come from? Like, you, you, traditional business owners aren't very empathetic about their employees. They're not really effective. They're not really, they don't really care about the culture in the business. Why, where did that come from and why is that important to you? That's a good question. You're testing me today. I like this. I like this. Um, where did it come from? Hmm. I think it probably was just from the fact that when we had our first business, I just had the mindset of saying, okay, cool. I want to make sure my customer is happy because ultimately they ain't going to give me any money if my customer isn't happy. So then a lot, a lot of people saying customers always right, make the customer happy and they pay you and all that kind of stuff. And when I was doing it myself, I just focused on that. But then when we started taking team members on board, I think I just took that across the board just to say, okay, make sure the staff is happy because then they're going to make sure the customer is happy and the customer is going to pay you. So mm -hmm. it's just a case of transitioning what we're already doing with our customers and clients to saying, okay, we just bring that into our business. And I think at the start when I did it as well, it was you have to draw a fine line of like being a boss and being a friend as well. Like I, I sometimes would like transition that over and people would take the mick as well. So it's like you have to set that sort of like boundaries from the start saying, okay, cool, work is work. Friendship and the outside of work relationship is something different. So Again, it all comes down to like framing any situation that you're in. So I'd frame it to the staff saying, okay, well, don't take the mick and you'll get paid well. Bring this into, bring your passion into the business and we're all going to thrive together. You know? So it's always making sure everybody's good, not on a money side alone, but also on their family and personal development side as well. So what happens when it comes to firing someone? So have you had to fire someone and how did that conversation go? Because you've kind of built this relationship with that employee or with that person. And, and now you have to get rid of them because of, okay, it could be a business reason. It could be like, okay, during this time, people are getting fired, or it could be a time of the person is just not, you know, picking up the slack or not getting the job done. How do you fire someone at that stage? Yeah, I've been fortunate enough not to do too much of that. Um, but 
it is it is a little bit tough i'm not gonna lie because when you're actually like everybody's a part of that team but the key thing is to focus on saying okay i'm not gonna focus because people get emotional on that side of things somebody did this in my business or in my company and they didn't deliver and they did blah 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 they, they all look at the negative right i started to flip it say okay what did they do good right and what did they bring to that so i'll sort of like have that when i'm having that conversation but at the same time it won't be just a fire straight away unless it's like a like an unforgivable thing that they've done right mm. but it's about framing it step by step saying look you're taking the mic this has been done this mistake has been done you need to make sure you're rectifying this and again building that confidence in them to say okay you've made that mistake it's okay right but don't let mm. it happen again let it happen again and again and again then You've also framed it in your own head to say, okay, I've given them chances. I've given them warnings. They haven't listened. So off you go. Um, but yeah, it is, it is, I've not done it too many times because I try to make sure, you know, like most people, they have a customer avatar. But I stick to having a staff avatar as well, having the right team member coming mm -hmm. in as well. So I pick the right, not pick the right people. I'll put the right vibe and energy and message out to get the right kind of people on board. Um, uh, yeah, firing people is, is a bit of a tough one. But then at the same time, I would also recommend what I do myself and I would recommend to other people is when that happens, don't just look mm. at the staff member or employee or team member, whatever you call them, and say, they made this mistake, they were rubbish, I got rid of them, yeah. It's about looking back at yourself again, reflecting, saying, okay, what could I have done better for this not to get to where it got to? Because there's mm. always two parts to the story, right? You can't clap with one hand. Yeah, mm. <laughs> you can't clap with one hand, right? So there's always two things going on. So about looking at yourself, saying, how can I become a better leader? not a boss, a better leader, because they've made a mistake because something that you've done and something that they've done. So there's, mm -hmm. there's, there's that mismatch or something that went wrong. So it's about knowing that you don't do that going forwards. And the main thing comes down to when you're firing people, there's not been enough communication there. You don't need to leave it and you say, oh, it'll be all right, it'll be all right. And then you let it snowball and then one person's thinking another thing, you're thinking another thing, and then before you know it, it erupts and it's over. Mm. No, I, I think that's extremely valuable what you mentioned there. You, you talk about leadership, right? What does leadership mean to you as an individual? Because in leadership is so many different, you know, there's a lot of people who say leadership is whatever it means to you. So I'm asking you, what, is, what does leadership mean to you and how would you define it? Leadership to me is to helping people make money and helping people to be happy in their personal life. Because for me, it's like when some, and that, that, that's not necessarily just for hiring someone, but that's also like, because you've got to look at it this way. When you hire somebody, they want money from you. But what can you give them extra? And the extra is making sure their personal life is good. And that could be with their relationship with other people, but more so the relationship with themselves. And for me, it's mm. always, because I used to be stressed, anxious, depressed, and obese and overweight and unhappy, right? And I know how bad a place that is. And I see those traits in other people, even if it's a little one. And I find it's my job to say, okay, I, I transitioned from A to B and I feel amazing. I need mm -hmm. to help as well. You know, it's about contribution, about giving back. And leadership, more so in my eyes, is making that person a better person than they were from the day they walked into your business. Not financially, but a better person. And mm -hmm. that could, like they say, you can have entrepreneurs, you can have intrapreneurs, and just helping people grow. And that's on the aspect of hiring someone. But at the same time, for me, it's about being a leader on social media and being an influencer to people to not physically see them or meet them. But my message that comes across just to show people that, you know what, whatever's going on in life right now, it's only going to get better as long as you believe in yourself. It's only going to get better as long as you're in the right circle and like just never give up and all that kind of stuff. So for me, it's like employing like leadership in business, but then leadership as an influencer as well. 
it leads me on nicely to the question personal branding you know it's, it's a conversation that everyone says you have to do um it's, it's something that's in you know it seems vital you know steve jobs did it richard branson did it you see a lot of people influencers from within the property community why is it important to you Personal branding is important because, like, like I mentioned to you last time, I'm very big in NLP, so neuro linguistics programming about the mindset of what we think, what we say, and why we do it. Basically, peak performance. And branding comes down to super importance because, you know, obviously you're in property, I'm in property, and like people say, I've got an amazing deal over here. It's going to make 300 grand, 500 grand, 3 million pounds, whatever it is. Uh, I'm trying to find an investor for the deal. I'm trying to find an investor for the deal and I can't find the money or I can't do this or I've got this great business idea but I can't find the money for the business, for the business, right? But remember one thing, people buy people or people buy into people, right? It's not about the product. It's not about your service. It's not about the idea. People buy into people and what is important behind that is about building a brand and it's not necessarily a brand of a fancy logo. It's about a brand identity of a certain company or it's a brand identity of a certain person. Like what are their values? What are their morals? What are their ethics? What are their beliefs? And the mm. more you show that through a brand, people start buying into you without how you having to sell. But branding mm. is important. And it just comes down to like the whole thing. You'll see like a Versace t-shirt, like seven, 800 pounds. And it's the same bloody t-shirt in Primark for five pounds, you know? It's, it's come from the same place, probably the same bloody factory as well. But because of branding, people buy into a different brand for different reasons. So branding is super important. I didn't really need too much until 2017. And that's when I solely went into full-time property and e-commerce and fashion and stuff. And I just knew, okay, branding is key. And again, it comes down to modeling the greats. What do they do? They focus on their branding. Mm. So what advice would you give to anyone in personal branding, especially for the property guys out there, because they're trying to raise investment. And, you know, for me, it's, it's worked wonders. You know, we've been able to raise millions from personal branding. You've probably done the same. Why is, you know, what advice would you give when it comes to personal branding for, especially the property community? Property community, I would say you don't have to think too far ahead of thinking I need this logo and I need my name on my t-shirt and I need to have this really fancy bloody business card and stuff like that. I would say personal branding starts from the heart and it starts from here, your mouth, right? So it's about when you're speaking to people, be confident in who you are. If you've made mistakes in the past, be open about that. And if you've not made mistakes, be open about that. But then also like when you're branding to raise finance, branding to raise um, uh, awareness or find deals and stuff, it's about being open and honest with who you are because the more you're open about who you are as an individual, the more that kind of person you're going to attract towards you as well. Then you can start mm. building a brand and doing X, Y, and Z. But even branding, like for the basics of people starting out, get your ass on social media, plain and simple. So many people are afraid of social media. I've raised just over three million pounds just by social media presence. By not saying like, I want three million pounds, nobody gave it to her one hit. But it was just like bit by bit showing my journey, making my mistakes of saying, look, I did this. Don't make, make sure you don't do this. This is what went good. I've had a good day today. I've really had a bad day today. Property is an up and down journey. Here's the mistakes. Here's the learnings, you know. So always doing that and then always reaching out. At the end of each message, I'll say, look, if you need any help, make sure you reach out and I can. I'm not a bloody guru. I'm not a superstar or anything, but I've. it's different. Like on social media, a lot of people, they say that I can't put my message out. Or I can't build a brand. I don't have a logo, I don't have this. It's like, just put your voice out first, share with people what you're doing. Um, because you gotta remember one thing, if you're here in life, right? And you're trying to be with people that are two, three steps ahead of you, or two, three years ahead of you, or whatever. And you always think, oh, I'm at the bottom, I need to, 
they're, they're going to look down at me and say, oh, who is he or who is she? But there's also people that are two, three steps behind you looking up to you as well. And the minute you start taking action, you're going to surround yourself with the right kind of people that is actually going to allow you to build an organic brand without even having to try. And then it comes down to when it's raising finance. I always recommend to people when you're speaking to an investor, do not think they are God almighty because they've got money. People with money don't really flaunt that, especially the right ones as well. They're just like, okay, cool. We're an investor. Tell me. Tell them about the deal, but then also tell them who you are. What do you believe in? Are you a family man? Are you a family woman? Are you, you have kids? Do you have aspirations? But like where are you where are you coming from, right? And then also share with them your vision as well, your short-term vision and your long-term vision. Because for me, whenever I'm speaking to investors, I'll be like, yeah, so my name's Sunny and I've done this and I did this wrong, but I've retweaked and I'm doing this now. And this is my vision for the next 5, 10, 20 years. Well, 10 years, I don't look at 20 years ahead. It might not even be here. But it's like, this is my vision going forwards. And they see the energy that I'm bringing because I'm so passionate. And majority of them have said, you know what? You remind us of a younger version of themselves. Mm. I remember I remember how you was like, I used to be excited and nobody used to believe in me, but the right people did believe in me. So I just continued to do that. And even when I'm sat with investors, I will take the mick out of them. I will say a joke. I will say something outrageous. And they just say, you don't really care, do you? I was like, no, because you're just a human being. It doesn't matter how much money you've got. It all comes down to what kind of person you are. And ultimately, when you're raising finance, you, get, you build that rapport with people, you're being honest, right? If you're open and honest and you're loud and you're bashful, you're only going to attract the right investor eventually. But then if you're quiet and if you're a bit shy, but you still got a passion, you're still going to attract that kind of investor as well. So it's not thinking I'm one way, it's not going to work. It's about being your honest self. But then at the same time, um, where was I going with this? I do this as well. I start talking and I go like a million miles somewhere else and then I'm back in the room. Um, even when you're right, raising finance, just think of it this way, like they're both, you're both human beings. If you're both hit, this is a perfect example. If you're both hit with coronavirus now, if you've got 10 million pounds here and you're you with 10 pounds, both of you are in the same boat. Money does not make a difference. So for me, I just take that same concept and I say to them, I say, look, you've got the money, but as long as our values, morals and ethics match up, then we can do business. But at the same time, this is the point, but basically at the same time, if the deal goes right, this is what's going to happen. If the deal goes wrong, which it can, this is going to happen as well. If you're okay with both, we can work together. If you're only okay with the good, then that's not really going to work because we need to be realistic about property, about business, about whatever we're investing into. It can go right, it can go wrong, but it's about being confident in each other to push forward. So, what if you're a complete newbie? What if you're someone that hasn't even got their first essay up and running or their first business up and running and, and you're trying to approach an investor? What is it? What advice would you give those individuals that haven't really got anything set up and are trying to get investors to get their first, because they've gone to a training course or something and they're trying to get their first deal done or they're trying to raise their first bit of investment. How do you present credibility or how do you present yourself? That, learn. I don't know what the screen is, but whichever one looks like an L to you learn okay it's about learning something because you've got to remember one thing when you're approaching an investor most of the time not all of the time but most of the time they're cash rich time poor and what are you your time rich cash poor so it's like saying okay cool with with well, by working with me i've learned this i've implemented this i've grown my network this is who i am this is my background this is where i'm looking to go you've got the money but you haven't got the time i've got the time let's get to know each other Right, so it's about they saying, okay, cool, fair enough. Okay, I want to get to know this individual more because you have to remember they're going to buy into you. Now, if your product is amazing, but they think you're a bit shady or you're a bit inexperienced, they will let you know and they won't really invest. So it's not. I know some people say you don't need any experience; you just need to go find the money and 
the deal will happen. Yes, you don't need experience, but you need something. And that something can be knowledge. Now, knowledge is free, right? You can uh, world on our fingertips of Google, YouTube, books, Audible, you know, let's start learn things what you need to learn and track everything that you've learned. So even when you sit down with your investor, you can say, look, man, for the past six months, I've been reading this many books. I've watched this many YouTube shows. Ask me a question about property or ask me about a question about this aspect of my business. I've experienced, I'm not experienced, I've learned it all and I've put it into sort of like a plan of where I'm looking to go. I'm just shy of the, uh, the finance and the experience. But then when you've broken that down, you've actually shown them your roadmap from when you had the conception of the idea to where you've gone to actually speaking to them. And they can say, okay, cool, this guy or girl's taking it serious because they have actually been learning and implementing knowledge. And knowledge is power. But at the same time, there's no point learning so much and then not taking action as well because so many people just learn, learn, learn. And they're like, um, uh, uh, I'm scared to take action or I can't speak to somebody about money and I can't do this. And just take that step, honestly. Start believing mm. yourself. That's nice. That's nice. I think uh, there's so much value that you know most of the other podcasts will provide in property. But with us, we want to go into something a bit more personal, and maybe and, and the next series of questions will be more personal towards you. What is what is your purpose in life? My purpose in life. I was just literally speaking about this earlier on. <clears throat> My purpose in life is to make money just like everybody else, right? Plain and simple. That's not a purpose, but that's the first and foremost thing. Then. It's a case of, okay, why do I want to do that? What is my why? What is my purpose? What is my reason? My reason is twofold. One, growing up, like my parents, they were working hard, two, three jobs, and I didn't really get to spend time with them that much. And they were amazing parents, but time was very, very limited. You know, it's like, you see one. And for me, it's like I've never really. wanted I, I, I didn't realize then but now that the fact that we're looking to have a family in the future we want to find a thing and for me to have time with my wife and my kids and my family in the future so i don't have to be running you know? and then the second thing my purpose is to inspire and motivate as many people as i can to actually get them to a better place because i've never always been positive and happy and excited and successful i've been through the dark times i've been through stress anxiety depression and it's like i see that in other people and i won't let that happen for me it's like okay it's my duty to help somebody else but I can only help somebody else if I've experienced all the good and the bad as well. So that's what keeps me pushing, saying, okay, I didn't just read a book and now I'm on stage speaking and inspiring or coaching people. I've been through it. I talk the talk and walk the walk. And this is what I'd recommend for you not to do. And this is what I would do if I was in the shoes. But I can only inspire people with the right experience myself as well. So, yeah, just basically having time and changing lives. You talked about depression, you talked about anxiety, and this is a topic that people don't have, not only within property, but in business, but especially as men from our background as well. We don't have that conversation about anxiety, depression. How did you fall into it and how did you get yourself out? Um, so, fell into it by working all the hours under the sun, um, just like I had been advised, um, which, and again, just like you see, like you said, like hustle 24-7, don't sleep, blah, blah, blah. But it was a case of like working, working, working. At that point, we had three businesses and two refurbs going on in property as well. So it was just like me, like, where am I going? <clears throat> I stopped looking after my personal health. I was obese. I was a size 42 inch waist, 18 and a half stone, uh, super fat. And then, I'll, like I said to you, I'm NLP trained. And like when you look at it, how your body is and how your mind is, is what you reflect out into the world. And because I was overweight, overweight unhappy, that's all I saw. That's all I did. I was just like not focused at all. So for me, first and foremost, it's like, right, I don't like being in this position, okay? I've 
I'm just working all the time. I've not been on holiday for four years with my wife. It's just been work, work, work. I'm overweight. I hate looking at the person in the mirror. I'm unhappy with myself and with the world. So it's like, okay, I need to work on myself. And that came down to basically me and my wife just saying, okay, cool. What do we do? We need to work on ourselves first, me. And then we're going to sell our businesses for a profit and then focus on doing property and business in general. And then we made that plan and we worked, worked our way towards it. And it was just eventual. And the way I really got out of it was first and foremost, working on my fit, health and fitness and then focusing more on my mindset and my relationships as well. My relationship with myself and then relationship with my wife and my family as well. Because we, we get too caught up in making money now. We get too caught up in working all the hours in the sun. And like we said before, it's about having that not perfect balance. There's never going to be a perfect balance. If, you want to, if you're in a career right now and you want to get into property or you want to get into business or you're in business and you want to scale up, it's not about saying I'm going to work more hours. It's about saying, okay, how can I work less and earn more? But at the same time, you may have to hustle for that 12, 13 hour day for a few months or a year or so, right? It's about knowing, saying, okay, I'm only doing it for this amount of time and then I'm moving to the next level. And for me, the minute I started, like I said before, reviewing my life, reviewing my business, dissecting myself to say, okay, cool, what am I happy with and what am I unhappy with? I'm going to be less of the unhappy, more of the happy, plain and simple. But we don't stop to actually take charge of what's going on in our life. So for me, it was like health and fitness first. That was just from overwork and over entrepreneurialism, you can call it, just being like, go, 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 go. Um, and then I got myself out of it by working my mindset. The key thing is it's about your physiology, your uh, emotional state, and your mindset and your language. And the minute you start focusing on those, everything else starts to come into play. Okay. So moving on to a slightly different question. What's, and I've pretty much asked a lot of people and it's thrown a lot of people off. What's one thing? Let me warm my hands up. Go on then. What's one thing that nobody knows about you? scared of spiders i think my wife knows that um i'm afraid of heights but i'm gonna jump out of a plane this year well i was planning on going to dubai but obviously we're on lockdown so i can't do that one thing that's, that's a good question you know one thing that nobody knows about me i i, it, I don't know i'm a bit of an open book but Scared of spiders, yeah, I guess. And and you not really mentioned that to anyone. No. That's <laughs> lame. Hold on, I've got, I've got to have a better answer for that. <laughs> what is it that nobody? See, I'm trying to ask myself empowering questions. What is it that nobody knows about me? Wow, this is probably like the longest I've been quiet in a in a question. Um. I think that is it, you know, spiders and fear of heights. But I don't really go around telling people that. <laughs> we'll keep that for now. I think if you have anything that you'll keep. One thing, funny thing that happened. So basically, I don't know if this is one thing that nobody knows about me or something that I did. But basically, I back in the day, you know, Lilt, the drink Lilt. Yeah. So it used to be in a big liter bottle with a green, yeah. green plastic. Yeah, and I, I went, that man's house and I went into the pantry bit and I grabbed it and I was like, oh, little, I'm going to drink it. I was a fat little kid as well. So I was like, anytime I see fizzy pop, I was like, I'm having it. And I started gulping it down and it was only till like, I thought this tastes weird, but I kept drinking it. And I drank it for about four or five gulps and I went to my nan. She walked in, she goes, what are you drinking? I was like, little. She goes, no, that's oil. So I just sat there drinking oil because it didn't <laughs> 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 
I never told anybody that, which actually I was just like, yo, that is some stupid stuff, like. <laughs> Did you not taste any different? That's what I'm trying to understand. Did you not taste oh, different? Right. I just thought it's flat. I was like, mm, okay, cool. But it's just like when you see, it comes down to when you see externally, you think, yeah, that's the one. That, that's, I need some little in my life. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. I, I, I don't think I've, I've heard someone do something like that. But, yeah, I'll give you that one. I think that wins a prize for the most different <laughs> something that you haven't told anyone right last question you've accomplished everything in life you're you've got all the money you've had in the, you've made all the money you've left every bit of like you've impacted the world you've made a difference you've done everything that you wanted in your in your life and you're at your deathbed um and you've got and you've got a tissue paper and someone says to you write down the three truths about life what would your three truths about life be? Three truths about life in general or my life? About life in general. About in, in terms of your and something that you've learned from your journey, what are the three truths that you would give to someone as a gift or just, something? I probably can go more than three. Is it just three? Yeah, okay. Go for three, but let's, we could go into five, but let's go for three. One is the truth of life is that you you have to think big and you have to go after anything that you're passionate about. Because the whole thing goes back to, again, don't just focus solely on money. Focus on what that's going to give you. Right? So it's about saying, okay, cool. Whatever I dream, whatever I can visualize, I can go and get it. I can make it a reality. Because in the world we live in, we have an idea. We get excited about creating it. We hit a roadblock and we think life's too hard. Or we watch social media. We see everybody with the cars, the house, the, the woman, the guy, the holidays. But you don't see that gap in the middle and you think it's too difficult. right? Everybody struggled to get to where they got to. Mm -hmm. That's the one thing I would say, make sure you dream big. Two, I would say the thing of life is always be learning. Actually, no, I'm going to switch it. There you go. My three things, what I say whenever I sign off of a video, stay humble, stay confident, and stay unique. There you go. Humble, again, don't let money get to your head. Be humble about being alive. Be thankful for everything that's in your life. Um, and just stay grounded as well. And ultimately, stay humble, right? doesn't matter what, how much money somebody's got, more than you, less than you, everybody's a human being and put people forward as human beings, right? Then stay confident. You cannot be successful or happy in life if you're not confident. So you have to be confident in yourself and you have to be confident in what you're doing moving forward. So always be confident and never be scared of making a mistake as well. Because so many people, they get confident and then they see somebody else do something and they say, right, now I want that. You know, that whole shiny penny syndrome and stuff. Always like somebody else has done it I can't do it. Always when you're confident, just if you feel like you've hit a brick wall, look back at your life. We've all overcome some sort of adversity, tough times, hardship to get to where we are now. So going forward, that's not going to change. There's always going to be that kind of stuff. But as long as we're confident to overcome each challenge, that's how we're going to win. So stay humble, stay confident. And then third one, stay unique. And that is just be you. You know, if you're shy or quiet, embrace that if you're loud and bashy embrace that if you're overweight or you're chunky embrace that right if you're skinny embrace that if whatever it is whoever you are just be unique to who you are because you can never be a copy of somebody else we always want to be like somebody else and saying okay cool he or she was successful they made this much money i'm just going to copy them it's not about copying other people it's about modeling certain people's habits and actions but still staying unique and true to who you are because that's how you're going to put your switch and your flip on everything mm -hmm. I would say those three things really stay humble, stay confident, and stay unique. I love that. I love that. And one to slightly just to lift the mood a bit is what's one of your pet hates? 
What's one thing you hate that when if you people, see on social media or, you see, or if you see something, a habit or something that you hate? I hate when people eat food and they're so loud. Have you ever sat next to somebody when they're just chomping away like it's like you're in their mouth with them? It's, oh, it does my night. It's like it's, uh, nails on a blackboard. I hate that. Ah, <laughs> uh, cool. Loud Thank you. Thank you, Sonny. I really appreciate that. How have you found this podcast, by the way, out of I like it, man. It's good. It's just chilled out. I was like, even saying that like, some podcasts you go on and people are always talking about, talking to me about this deal, talk through, talk the numbers of this. It's not about that, man. Obviously, people do property, they, they do deals. They win, they lose. People do business, they win, they lose. It's about these podcasts should be about finding out the real traits of a person, you know, because like, like as we said before, on social media, you see one side of a person, but you don't hear their story or what they struggled with and getting there. Most people, when they hear my story, they're like, man, we thought you was always positive and happy and successful. I was like, no, it's, I'm still not successful to where I want to get to, but I know I was more successful than I am yesterday. So that's all that matters, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I appreciate that. So how can people find out about you? So people can find out about me. So every human being that's listening to this podcast right now, make sure you follow me on uh, Facebook, uh, sorry, Instagram, Sunny Mahal Official, and Facebook and LinkedIn, Sunny Mahal. And if you go to my website, sunnymahal.com, you'll see everything that I offer from my coaching to my one-to-one, to my group, to my public speaking. And if you want me just in your life, follow me and I'll make sure I'll make you happy, make you smile, entertain, educate, and inspire you. Plain and simple. Perfect. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Um, guys, you've heard him. What an amazing podcast this has been. It's been a pleasure. And I hope everyone, there's so much value that been packed into this podcast and it's something that we're going to continue to try and bring to you every single week so there you guys have it thank you and i'll see you guys very soon peace out